95. Do not be ruled by legalisms. It is customary to think of religious legalisms as superficial rites, rituals, and observances, such as those Jesus identified in Mark 7. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they wash their hands. Observing the tradition of the elders, and when they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they purify themselves. And there are many other traditions which they observe. The washing of cups and pots and vessels of bronze. Mark 7, 3 and 4. We identify Judaism and Islam in particular with such legalistic observances. Those of Judaism deriving from the Old Testament Levitical law. Though in general Christian teaching in the New Testament emphasizes freedom from law, rituals nevertheless worm their way in. If we are not careful, these external legalisms can turn vibrancy of faith into mere ceremony, custom, and habit. Crossing oneself is probably the most common legalism practiced untold millions of times a day. But how often does it prompt prayerful thought for what the sacrificial death of Jesus on the cross really means in daily life. Likewise, the celebration of communion, or the Eucharist, the confessional, wearing Christian jewelry, a St. Christopher on the dashboard, a memorized prayer at every meal, baptism, even the strict attendance of a worship service every week, all point to potential legalistic habits we adhere to, without corresponding depth of meaning. Catholics, Protestants, Orthodox, Evangelicals, we all drift into legalism if we're not on our spiritual toes. Even those aspects of faith that are deeply personal, any or all of the above, can become a legalism if, when the meaning begins to drift away, we continue to worship the practice of its outer shell. The above examples in themselves do not constitute legalisms. Paul tells us that nothing is unclean in itself. It is what we make of our observances that turns them into legalisms. The highest of truths can become a legalism. Likewise, the most mundane of observances can stimulate deeply prayerful exchanges with God. It is not the thing itself. It is whether we use our observances as opportunities for prayerful, yielding exchanges with our Heavenly Father. Thus, prayer at meals, the communion celebration, baptism, confession, weekly church attendance, these can all be healthy components of a vibrant walk with God or dead legalisms. Another subtle form of legalism is equally invasive to vibrancy of faith. It is deadening because it is so entirely accepted as normal. That is doctrinal legalism. Christians consider themselves free from Old Testament law. But what of less obvious idea legalisms that infiltrate our belief systems which we come to worship more than the God those doctrines are intended to reveal? Whatever depth of meaning may originally have existed in them gradually fades. Only the outer shell remains. It finds its place on a pedestal, 
along with the other doctrinals of one's particular belief system. Christianity's teachings are constantly enfeebled into such legalisms. Catholics recite their formula with a rosary. The Westminster Confession of 17th century Protestantism set out its legalistic recipe in 196 succinct points, which good Scottish Calvinists were taught to memorize. The four spiritual laws of the last century reduced the points of the salvationary formula to four but the flaw of all these legalisms is identical. You hear few pastors, priests, and Christian teachers saying, I'm not going to dish out spiritual recipes and clichés that are too easily turned into doctrinal legalisms. Instead, we are going to discover essential principles of faith by which we can live. How can you turn back again to the weak and beggarly elemental spirits? Galatians 4.9 Let no one deceive you with empty words. Ephesians 5.6 Let no one pass judgment with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are only a shadow of what is to come. Why do you submit to regulations? Do not handle. Do not taste, do not touch, according to human precepts and doctrines. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting rigor or devotion, but they are of no value in checking the indulgence of the flesh. Colossians 2, verses 16 and 17, 21 and 23. From the Commands of the Apostles by Michael Phillips, read by Michael Kimball. More information on this and similar writings may be found at fatheroftheinklings.com. Visit Amazon to purchase the Commands of the Apostles and other books by Michael Phillips.